You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Yeah, no one, man. Have a listen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Christmas special edition of the Mariners podcast. We're live at First Cloud Arena. Um, thank you to everybody who's come out tonight on a really cold, cold winter's night. Um, we hope everybody is safe and well out there and um, is getting ready for the festive season. Um, I hope uh, everyone enjoys tonight's podcast, those of you who are here live in the audience and those of you who are at home. Um, we're really excited about doing this, we're excited um, to put this together for everybody and I say we because of course alongside me, um, my partner in crime, the, the ying to my yang or whatever you call him, uh, the one and only Ronnie Pete. <laughs> Um, and a huge thank you to these two guys on my right. Um, both really need little introduction when it comes to South Shields Football Club. Um, you could say by the time their careers are over, they'll be Shields legends if they're not already. Um, first time appearance for someone who has now made 343 appearances for the Mariners over two spells. He scored 83 goals for the club in those spells. Um, the one and only Robert Briggs. Thank you for coming along, Briggsy. No problem, Rob. Um, I noticed Briggsy got a round of applause and Ronnie didn't, so yeah. that, that's one for the other one. Um, we didn't really dwell on me very long, did you? No, well, we don't dwell anything we'll with you, Ronnie. We'll come back in. He's put his video together. Um, and on my immediate right, a gentleman who is he's a veteran of the, of the podcast. He's made his second appearance. Um, Someone who is a vital, vital part of everything that goes on, uh, on and off the field here at the club. Um, club physiotherapist, head of medical, Andy Morris. Thank you. Thanks for coming along, lads. So, since Ronnie and I sat around the table uh, on the 17th of November, five league games, three wins, one draw, one defeat, ten points from five, to, uh, two points per game, Ronnie. Mm -hmm. That's generally, if not playoff, that's promotion kind of stuff. Um, we've played 19, 38 points, two points per game. Yep. Goal difference is now plus 15. Mm -hmm. In those five games, um, we've scored 14 goals. So the, the problems that we had pre-November 17, we've kind of put them to bed. Um, your thoughts on any of those games? Stafford at home, I can't remember. I must have been bladdered. Um, <laughs> on a change? Is that a technical term? Yes. <laughs> I was going to say that about last year, so wouldn't that get on me? Yeah, well. <laughs> it's um, too dumb. <laughs> Bamba Bridge, 5-0, you missed it. Yeah. Um, Warrington away, 3-2 hmm? defeat. Radcliffe away, 2-1 win, you missed that. You missed the two, vic two victories there. Uh -huh. And Ashton at home, 3-3 three, three draw. Right, what are you getting there? <laughs> Bad luck or well, something? Well, <laughs> what I will say is that you weren't at Liverside, John, on a Tuesday night, we won away. <coughs> you weren't at Radcliffe midweek and we won away. Uh, I also wasn't at them two either. Oh, right, okay. you weren't so at I'll, them? I'll, I'll stick with you. In good company. Yeah. All right, yeah. then. Yeah. Anyway, um, thoughts on the, on the... I mean, Bamba Bridge, yeah. the 5-0 game, you, I mean, that was a game that I think... There's a lot of people who out there who say there's a team out there who's going to get a hammering off us at some point, and I guess that was one of them. Um, 
Ronnie, you weren't there. Were you, were you at the ground, Briggsy? Were you at the ground that night at Bab- home to Bamba Bridge? I played in that one, yeah. You played in that yeah, one? Yeah, I played in that I one. I remember. I was on the pitch anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was a night where things just seemed to click. Bamba Bridge always come to play football. And I don't think they've got the selection right. Yeah, I think when they turned up, they turned up late, didn't they? They did, um, they were delayed. Yeah, and I, and I think we got the kind of vibe that that they weren't really feeling it, um, so it kind of spurred us on a little bit more. Yeah. Um, before the game, we all mentioned it. Um, we said if there is a team that's there for the taking, it's these tonight. Mm. Um, so luckily, we we managed to go out and do it. Because they had um, Sinclair Smith playing at number nine. Now he's caused us problems in the past playing on the one well, wide left. Robert will remember that. Yeah. We well, last away. season when you played centre half, didn't you? Can't remember that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not going into that one because that, that'll that get me a, going about my Santa as well. So I better not go into that one. Can you remember that when we were like, why, why are we putting Rob Briggs there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why is he playing centre half? That was one of the worst games ever, wasn't it? It was dreadful. Yeah. It was, that was shite, wasn't it? And that was yeah. Sinclair Smith, there wasn't that's why I said it. He, he was, it was a handful, right. but he played, he played him at number nine here, yeah. and he's still sharp, but he, he had no chance against the the two centre halves, mm-hmm. um, and it was one of those where I felt that we were just in complete control. Um, then we go to Warrington. Um, everybody will have their own thoughts on that Warrington game. I thought we bossed it really, but apart from the first five minutes, we scored against the run of play. But when we got the goal, it wasn't until the referee gave that penalty that it just went. I think the injury, injury to Brody actually uh, in the oh, first yeah. couple of minutes. Aye. Of where it touched us once. Had a bit of Nantwich last season about it. Yeah. Remember when Jenks got injured? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that knocked us. I thought that was the Nantwich game last season away. Yeah. That's that because Graham Fenton was ill that day. He was. He was had COVID. He, he had, and he was listening to us. Yeah. And it was the kind of to me it was almost like the beginning of the end of the run for last like last season. And I just worried with with um, Tom Broadbent going off. That it might not, but we got the goal. I thought I thought we controlled. First half we played well. Yeah, yeah. Until they got that penalty, I yeah, thought yeah. we controlled it. A couple of couple of dodgy decisions. Again, couple. Well. Oh god, <laughs> I was horrendous. Yeah. That referee was terrible. Is anybody there that day? Warrington, and he is out there. I wasn't oh. there, but I listened to your, your commentary. I think you were apoplectic. <laughs> well, I, I just thought that um, the referee he got. I counted at least 10, between 10 and 15 decisions he got wrong. Throw-ins, goal kicks, corners. Uh, the penalty wasn't a penalty. Lads, I, w- I wanted to ask you, um, do you think the referee gave the penalty at Warrington because Miles went in with his feet rather than his hands? Because he got the ball, clearly, and it wasn't a penalty. But do you think that might have just... Possibly, but I think he guessed as well because the linesman hasn't gives it and, he's, and he's, he's dead in line with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the referee's... Probably unsighted from ways, so I think he's completely guessed. Mm-hmm. That was from our view. I mean, we could see from the dugout, and we all thought it's mm-hmm. not a penalty. You can see he got the ball, um, but I think he's. I think he has guessed. I think the decisions after that kind of backed up that it was a wrong decision as well. If we put it in the lightest way, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that game there was a lot of things that went went kind of by the wayside, um, and I think probably if, if I look back at my career, I think that's probably the worst worst refereeing like performance yeah. that we've ever had it's the worst I've ever seen yeah. I, I got told yeah. off a, a friend of mine that um, come and watch under 11's football on a Saturday morning you might think differently but mm. I, I just thought it was the worst referee performance <laughs> I've ever seen at any level I think we've got to say though that uh, Dixon is 
he played really well. He did. Number four. He's a men- he was immense I that think day. you said at the end, I don't know if you, because you were a bit in a huff, but you said if he played for it, for South Shields, we would be 10 points clear by now. Because mm. yeah, yeah. he is a very good player, that Dixon. What's he like to play against? Which one was he? They've got two centre mids and they've got the, the two. tall black lad. Tall black lad. Uh, Bohan Dixon. Bohan Dixon. Bohan, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a really good player. I think when we played here in the um, the playoff, um, yes. yeah. that's probably one of the best individual performances I've seen. Yeah, um, second half in particular. Yeah, yeah. Unstoppable. even in, I think it was into the um, in extra time, he just seemed to kick on again. Um, yeah. But he's one one of them big big players hard to get close to, um, and he's really really creative. Come, compared to the size of him um, really hard to play against and he's one of the reasons why, why we've struggled against Warrington quite yeah. a lot he's a very good player yeah. he, 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 he was head and shoulders of, literally but also head and shoulders above everything on the pitch mm. that day and in the playoff um, <clears throat> but of course I, I thought we we bossed you know, we didn't boss but we controlled the game in the first once we got the goal we, and I know after the game um, Kevin spoke about the fact that we'd gone long ball you know, very quickly. We actually thought, Ronnie, didn't we? That that was the way we were going to play. We 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 thought we were set up to play a long ball. Yeah. And we were getting the second and third balls, weren't we, in the first working. half? Yeah. And they didn't really know how to deal with it. You said in commentary that, um, whether after they got their goal, you you said, Ronnie, that they've worked it out. They've now worked it out how to because we were winning second and third balls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, it's just one. But then the the free kick. In the second half, I felt that Dylan had nowhere to go. Yeah, without a doubt, I, I don't think it was a free kick. I think Dixon's kicked the ball and ran into Dylan. Yeah. Dylan hasn't put his body in the way or anything. And again, it was just another another poor decision off the mm-hmm. referee. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we've gone away from home and scored two goals, which we weren't doing previously. So it was a bit of a kick in the teeth that game. I, Warrington fans said to me, I don't know whether you heard it, Ronnie, on the way out. Warrington fans that I spoke to were, were disappointed in us. Mm. They felt they, they, they were expecting a lot, well, a, something a lot different in terms of football and, and, uh, and, and whatever. But they, they, they felt they were quite disappointed in us. But maybe <coughs> when you talk about Bo, Boan Dixon, mm. him and the, the oh, there's another lad, fair haired lad, worky ticket, they just seemed to dominate the second half, I felt. Mm. We didn't really have an yeah. answer. I think when we analysed the game, actually, we, we had a real look into that game. And I think the first half, we played out from Milo once. Mm-hmm. And we went long 21 times, mm-hmm. which is the most in, that we ever do. Well, that's why um, we thought that was the game we plan. We thought that yeah. was the game plan. Because no. we played the, we, we, it looked like we went three <coughs> up front from the start. Yeah. I think when you when you look at it back, um, obviously playing against Warren, a big physical team, and they pressure really highly. So probably the first 10 minutes, have pressed us high. So then when we just kept going long and long, they've dropped off a little bit and when yeah. you watch the videos back um, my, our centre-halves are in about 20 yards of space which don't play mm-hmm. um, and I think that contributes to, to them getting a bit of a foothold in the game Yeah. so that'll be why it looked like they'd worked us out yeah because they had they had yeah, yeah. they had and then we'll go to uh, Radcliffe on the Wednesday night um, and for me that was our most complete performance of the season for me because Radcliffe didn't get a didn't get a look in really. Mm-hmm. We conceded a goal from a corner that they didn't deserve a goal. We, we um, but that it was a great header as well. To be fair, it was a great header. Um, but um, it, that Mark, you were on the touchline with us, weren't you? Mm. And it, it was funny 
was one, for me one of the funniest moments I've seen following South Shield. First half, um, uh, Darius made a run on the right on the right hand side and timed it to absolute perfection. He was two yards onside when the ball was played, and he just went. He was clean through, and the linesman on the far side put the flag up. And I've never seen a bench go up. It was like a synchronised swimming team. You see, you had all the subs and the, all the coaching staff up like that, all as one. You remember it? Yeah. It was so, so funny. It was a ludicrous decision, wasn't it, Andy? Yeah, yeah, completely. That yeah. linesman was terrible. Well, they both the were. The only concern was our bench, off, off the bench. So that was the, that. Guy. So the one that flagged for Darius was the guy on the far side. And when the warm-up... He couldn't keep up with the other two. He was, he was. This is no disrespect to anybody in their seventies, but he was in his seventies, and he, he was about five yards behind the other two in the warm up. And he, he he couldn't keep up with play. If you look at the, if you look at our first goal, if you look at um, Jordan's run in the to set up the first goal, he was rapid. He couldn't keep up. So do you know he's seventy? Or just nah, I just looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> I know for a fact he couldn't. He? I know when they were doing that, he couldn't get his leg up more than that when he was doing the warm-ups. I know all that. But um, to watch these, there was four subs, the co- coaching, the, the whole bench just went up. It was just surreal. I remember the incident. It wasn't. It was like miles on. I mean miles on. I mean people were questioning. The second goal with Geordie being offside, and I thought you can see by the footage that he's, he's a mile. I know people are saying the angle, but it doesn't matter about the angle. Uh, yeah, yeah. I believe he was offside. I wasn't. Yeah. Um, I believe he was offside, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, um, I believe he was offside, but the, one of the reasons why that linesman, and Marcus just mentioned it there, the linesman on our side was more interested in keeping you guys on the bench. Yeah, yeah, the most of you are. And, and he was telling the substitutes, because if, you, if you've been to Radcliffe before, the runoff between the touchline and the and the concrete barrier is about a yard and a half, two yards max. It's very very narrow, so the substitutes warming up, that they were encroaching onto the pitch, and the linesman was just more worried about that than actually watching the game, because after the goal, he flagged Darius onside as well afterwards, and Darius was way off, and that was when Darius was allowed to go into the corner to waste some time. Um, I. I I'm not going to sit all night talking about officials, but this season we seem to get a share of badness. Mm-hmm. Um, is there much talk about that in the? Yeah, a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, we kind of go into specifics. I can see Dan doing this because um, <laughs> uh, the FA will be putting um, putting some sort of fines in. But no, we've noticed that we've noticed that this year, um, and I think it's because a lot of the referees who was in our league last year have been promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then I think they're promoting again, which has obviously yeah. brought that level up. Um, but as I say, it's and it's not just us either. I mean, I, I see a lot on social media, and the fans will say, you know, oh, well, you know, we're blaming the refs again for getting beat. But it's it, it's literally not just us because if you if you have the communication with the other dugout, the other managers are saying exactly mm. the same thing that the referees and officials have been really really poor. Yeah. Um, and that's whether they've lost the game or they've come here and won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like like a couple of teams have, you know, the results have gone against us, but they've still said that other kind of managers have said the officials have been horrendous today again. Mm. So it isn't just South Shields saying the officials are poor, yeah. it's other yeah. managers as well. It's not just sour grapes. There's not much you can do though, is there? You just no. gotta get on with it. Yeah. Get on with it. Yeah. We've, had, we've had terrible referees for years now. Mm. Um, I think we've just gotta get on with it and and score the goals and win the games. Yeah. I think that's the th- 
Although you just read that record out there, sounds quite good on paper, but there is a bit of disappointment because I think across the club, we've got this kind of fear of once we're ahead, we can't push ahead like we did the COVID season mm. when, when we got no one void. And I think we just, we get that to a point and then we don't, we can't kick on. And I think every time we can't kick on, there's a lot of nervousness around the club because we know we need to get promoted this season. And I think, uh, and I think you know, the referees and the linesmen, they are bad, but it shouldn't really matter at the end of the day. We, we, should, we should get kick on because I think we give ourselves a platform all the time. But you just, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, we just can't capitalise on that. And I think what happens then is we get the social media. Uh, cry out like oh we need to do this we need to do that um, and it's just get over that barrier get like eight nine points ahead and I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to catch us regardless of how crap the referees are my my view is I mean, we've, we've got two points per game so far from, from 19 games we're nearly at halfway I, I, I look at this league as you know, we are a footballing team. There's probably two, three other footballing teams that regularly try to play. The other teams, that's why Warrington don't challenge for the league title because a lot of these other teams just cancel each other out with physicality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you, if you go and watch, say, I don't know, Warrington against um, Ashton, for one, you know, if you think of the Ashton United, it'll be very, very physical. It'll be cancel each other out, doggy dog sort of thing. And I think they'll take points off each other. If we maintain consistency at two points a game yep. I, th I think yeah. it'll be okay no you're right the two points a game is a good is a good point um, I'm looking at the league now I mean the, the teams around us there's nothing to be scared of there no not at all and we've got games in hand Chris do you not think though as well yeah, I mean we've talked about referees talked about a lot of different things but when you do go on social media and I Ronnie made a little sort of note to it earlier from the start of the season, virtually every after every game, your average fan is going on and on and on about needing a 20 goal plus striker. Mm. And I let's be honest, Darius coming back mm -hmm. feels like a new signing. Yeah, it feels like we've got that 20 goal. Yeah. He's on, that's on our on my list. Yeah, I, and, yeah. and and it's right because um, there was a lot of cry, a lot of hoo ha when he was sent to Ashton on loan, but um. I've I've always felt Darius is very much a player that, in the Wayne Rooney mould, um, needs to play. Mm -hmm. yeah. Needs to play regularly to maintain his fitness, um, sharpness, his, his body shape, everything. Um, Andy, you might you're the medical man, I suppose, and you've probably worked on him, you know, more than anybody else in terms of his his fitness. Um, does he need? Is it a case where Darius really needs to play? Or? I think it's not necessarily just Darius. When, when you've been out for an injury for a long period of time, um, it does take a little bit of time for anyone to get fitness back. Um, I can probably count on one hand how many times Darius has been in my room since he's here. He's very rarely injured. Really? Um, this, this ankle injury he's had um, was, was just a little bit longer than what we expected. Um, and I think when he came back, I think it was the, the, the right way to, to go and get some minutes. Because when somebody comes back from injury, usually you're on the bench, you're coming on for 10 minutes, 15 mm. minutes here and they're trying to build up game time. And with Darius, it was perfect for him to go out. And it was only a short loan, four weeks. Yeah. And I think you kind of reap the reward of that now when he's coming back. 
Um, I've, I've said it on a previous podcast. Um, uh, 2020, I had a had a conversation with his former manager from Steelybridge, a guy called Simon Hayward. He used to play for Wigan Athletic. He played for Wales. Got a number of caps for Wales. And Simon, um, we'd not long signed Darius. It was, this was probably June 2020 when I had a conversation with him. And um, we signed Darius in the February, I believe. Um, and he said a fit Darius, a fit and firing Darius will get you 25 goals a season plus. It's yep. probably right. Yeah, when we've seen him come back, I think most of us just thought it's inevitable that he's going to score because he just looks so sharp. Yeah. And we know a sharp Darius, he will get 20 goals this season if he, if he stays fit. There's no doubt about it. He knows how to score goals in this league. And he just looks like he's on fire at the minute. Rob, is, he a, is Darius a, a very much a confidence player? Is, is, is he one of these lads that needs an arm around the shoulder type of thing? Or? No, he's very strong personally, Darius. Um, he's one of them who, could, if you don't speak to him ever, he'll still perform at, at the same level. Um, mm. He's very headstrong. But um, what you're going off there with, with his confidence, I think that's the same with all strikers. Mm. I think when you when you come coming as a striker with goals, you go into every game thinking you're going to score no matter what. Yeah. And that's what he'd done when he went to Ashton, got his fitness up. When he come here, no disrespect to Ashton, but you probably got a little bit more creativity in this team and you're going to yeah. get more chances. Yeah. So if you can score them goals for Ashton, you can come here and, you, and you're guaranteed to get more goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and credit to him because he's come back and he, and he has been firing. But if you speak to him and ask him about the loan himself, like he probably didn't want to go out on loan. Mm-hmm. But then when he come back, he knows it was the right thing for him because he's come back firing. Of course, he's got a, another kind of strike partner for, for want of a better phrase, on a month's loan, Jordi Mongoy. Um, out, that was a total left field thing f- for us as supporters. A um, few lads that I know from the South Coast um, know him from his days at Bognor Regis. He hadn't played for a long time, but he, he, he causes problems for defenders. Um, and I'm well, when I've watched him, I've kind of struggled to... To, to see how he hasn't had game time elsewhere because he cause, genuinely causes problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like me, he's, he's sharp, he's been sharp in training, he's been sharp on the on the games and I've only seen a small, small bit, I think, because of the games that have been called off lately, yeah. but from what I've seen, I actually, actually quite like him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone who's not afraid to get the ball and just run at someone yeah. uh, and, and commit someone in. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't get past them once, he's going to go again and he's going to yeah. go again and he's going to go mm-hmm. again and eventually he will get past someone who will create chances. Yeah. Regarding uh, Darius, I think a lot of supporters were quite puzzled in the fact that he, he was loaned out for Ashton. Uh, I, I presume he must be a Northwest based lad. Yes. And that was part of the reason. But I, I, I don't see the, the logic of ha- having him play for a rival team who are going to be racking up points with him in the side. And I think that was something that a lot of people commented on. And I see the logic of loaning him out getting him shorter but to be uh, playing for, for a rival team or in the top eight or whatever they are now seems a bit strange yeah it doesn't happen much elsewhere I, no. I suppose Ashton had just been docked three points hadn't it um, yeah. so that maybe the, maybe it was seen that they weren't going to be as big I mean, a they could well have I don't know what the arrangement was they, they could well have said well we'll guarantee that you play every week or whatever mm. I don't know but um I just know that there was a disquiet amongst the supporters who thought, well, that's a bit of a strange one because we regard Ashton as, as yet another rival. Because in the in the pro ranks, you know, players go on loan; they're not allowed to play against a parent club, are they? Yeah. 
So it, it, it's not a, a unique, it wasn't a unique <coughs> move. But yeah, I th yeah, there's credence in that, Jeff. I don't think it's a high risk of Ashton being our rival, though, when it comes to I mean, you can see whether, whether we don't get promotion or not. You can say that with a lot of clubs. I mean, obviously, uh, Tums went out at the beginning of the season at Stafford. Yes. Um, Stafford were tough for a period of time. Mm. Um, so you can kind of go along that with any team that can potentially challenge you. And no disrespect, Ashton, but I don't know about anyone in this room, but I'm not expecting Ashton to challenge for the league title this year with no. us. Um, Took a point off us a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I mean, Clegg's always got them, got them playing yeah. physical and stuff. They're always decent, without a doubt. I think it, this league's like to win it, you've got to be consistent. That's probably just one thing Ashton aren't. But against us, and, and I know the gaffer said it a lot of time. Like teams raise themselves against us, and they go and do course, yeah. the full time badge on yourself. You know, we've got yep. nice stadium and everything, loads of crowd. Teams do raise themselves against where we've just got to got to come come against that. I think overall that decision will end up being positive, yeah. Yeah. regardless of what points we might have given up to rivals. Yeah. Of course, you know Darius might have scored against our rivals as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. As much as he's given them period. points, he's taking points away from them. Yeah, well. but I think yeah, anything that's got him playing like he's got now for a short period of time, take that with both hands. Just speaking about Ashton, uh, when we that was the first away game of the season, and we commentated on that game, and oh, yeah, it was a tough one-one draw. Watching Ashton that night, I felt they might challenge for the playoffs. But to me, watching them the other day, they've regressed a little bit. They were, they, to me, they were a better side in August than what they are now. Well, I didn't think they were that good. Well, they weren't, but they were organised. I think they're always a good they side at home, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're always a good side at home. Every time you play there, you know you're going to get a big yeah, physical game on, on a difficult uh, pitch. Yes, um, the pitch is horrendous. I, I don't think any, any team goes there and, yeah. and turns them over by yeah. two, three, four. And that's why this league is so... Dog eat dog. Everybody's going to take points off each other because the physical. If you're a physical team, the other physical teams will. It's like looking at Morpeth. You know they're yeah. really, really struggling. Um, you got a great point about. Uh, you'll never heard you say this before. The one about the physical teams cancel each other out. Mm -hmm. So the team that plays football could be the the uni team that goes up. Yeah, <laughs> I just think on these, particularly this time of year, on bad pitches as well. It, it, it just it's a neutraliser. It's an equaliser, yeah. sorry. Darren? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to mention that as well, going back to that thing about the uh, teams beat each other and all that. Um, I think I think the players and the manager will, say, will be the first to admit that we've not been, uh, say, at, at our A game for, throughout the season so far. But the fact that the league has been so consistently inconsistent mm. against each other has benefited us in a way. Yeah. Like I say, yeah. We've not been at our best, but here we are, top of the table and with games in hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's amazing that we're in such a strong position. Darren, didn't you say to me at the Ashton game, was it or, or the game before, where normally you'd need so many points to guarantee yourself a league title? This year it could be as low as yeah, yeah. 8, 79, 78. Yes, I've always, I've always said in a, four, in a, 22, in a 42-game season that, in my opinion, 90 points will win you the league, mm. hands down. But looking at how the league's going, I think some might say 85, maybe even 80 points. Because... Mm -hmm. Buxton won it last year and they only got 81. Mm -hmm. It could be a very good, I, it's not, I don't want to say give yourself a low target or something like that, but mm -hmm. I just had this funny feeling feel it could take a very low points total to win the league this year. Yeah. And yeah. if you just keep it for two points a game, we'll be there. It, 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 we can do it. Yeah. If you speak <clears> up the form. You mentioned they haven't been our best. Um, I'll ask Briggsy the question in a minute. I'm going to ask him the same question that I asked 
I asked in the, I, I do a, a Q and A in the uh, Shipley Lounge before every home game now for the hospitality guests and uh, Sam Hodgson unfortunately has been a he's a veteran of them now he's done five poor lad but he's getting better actually he'd be great for interviews Dan he'd be fantastic he'd be well schooled um, but I asked I had Sam and Tom Broadbent uh, before the Ashton game and I asked them and I said either one of you can take the mic off us um, how do you think we've fared so far do you think we are where we, we should be, or do you think we should have done better, or do you think we've over what, over performed, whatever? And Hodgie just took the mic straight away, just took it, just took it straight away, and he just said, we haven't been anywhere near as good as we can be, and there's more to come, and he was just, that was it. What's your thought, Briggsy? Yeah, I think I've got to kind of echo exactly what he said. Um, like, we see it in training every day, we see what the potential is there. Um, for some reason or, or whatever, it just hasn't clicked yet on the pitch. I think there's a few games and there's a few halves or there's a few 20, 30 minutes where it's like, wow, we're, we're back to we're back to Soul Shields again here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as soon as we get back to that moment, I think exactly what you said there, there's an opportunity to open a gap, probably a bigger opportunity this season than there ever has been. Um, if you look back at all the other seasons, there's always been two, three that have always been up there. I, th- I can't remember the points total when... Um, when Farsley Celtic won it here, but that was oh, it was high. But high. but we but we went on a twenty game spell. I think they yeah, went we on a twenty game spell. Mm-hmm. Everyone was winning, um, and, and Warrington were winning. Yeah, well. and Warrington yeah. beat us in the playoffs that yeah. year. They were a good side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think if you look at if you look at that and the points tally and how that works and how many games where we went on a run of like 10, 10 wins, um, twenty games unbeaten, mm. we haven't hit that yet. No, yeah. and, and and I've got no doubt that we will hit that this season yeah. because the players that we've got, the the togetherness that we've got. Um, how well we're training, I can't see it not happening. Um, Chris made a good point there about um, Darius coming back, it's almost like a new signing. To me, one that really shone brightly, particularly at Radcliffe, was like a new sign was Callum Ross. Um, he was outstanding when he marked at Radcliffe. Uh, him, and, um, him and Smudge in the middle, Radcliffe couldn't deal with them. The amount of times they were allowed to break through over halfway with... 30 yards of space. Um, it's, it was a long road for Rossi, Andy. Uh, it, it was, yeah. Um, obviously, you're trying, with, with any injury, certainly when you've got a severe injury, you try and avoid surgery at all costs um, because it, it brings sometimes um, inevitable kind of pitfalls. And unfortunately, that happened with Rossi. He had a setback in the summer, um, which he took pretty well, to be fair. Um, we've seen the consult a good few times and you kind of see now he's kind of back on back on the road to recovery um, hopefully I think there's more to come from Rossi as well Yeah, he's only been kind of playing really the last few kind of games um, I think once he gets a good a good string behind him like 10-12 games on the trot he'll be even better mm-hmm. but it's great to have him back oh he was uh, he was uh, immense against Radcliffe he's tremendous in the air isn't he yeah like as a midfielder like that he, they're not normally that good in the air but he he can he can win a lot of goalkeepers kick it long in this league and he's brilliant at winning it mm. just like hanging back and winning it, so the defend the defenders don't have to go for it. They can drop off a little bit. It's perfect for away matches. Like it's like Briggs just said. You, yeah. you know, you see it in training every day, and you look at the midfield as we've got now. Oh, the options is unbelievable. Yeah. Um. So when you when when you can keep them all fit like that, yeah. Briggs will probably agree as well. Midfield is one of them areas where you can get knocks and kicks quite a lot more than other places yeah. on the pitch. So you need it. But mm-hmm. but in training, it's unbelievable watching. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. To, to mention what you what you said there, Rossi obviously came back in pre-season 
and he came back flying. Um, obviously, that, that motivation was there. Um, you probably didn't see it, but in the bleep test, he actually completed the bleep test. Yeah. Um, I've never, ever seen anybody complete the bleep test. So he's ready to do the next stage, and, and, and it's finished. But then, two days later, two days later, that's when he's that's when he's pulled up again. Oh, um, okay. So you can see what why mentally it was really, really tough for him. Yeah. Because he's come back, he's firing. All the lads are absolutely over the moon for him because he's just completed the beep test. And we know he's going to be f- like ready for the beginning of the season. And then two days later, something comes back about the uh, the previous operation. So um, to, for the road that he's had and when he is playing, um, it just shows the, the the type of person he is away from being a footballer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I spoke to him again. He was when he was on the comeback trail. Um, he did one of the Q and A's, and um, he, he said there were some tough times. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? Yeah, you, yeah. you know, when you got players on the on the treatment table, and that must be tough for them. Psychologically, without a doubt. I mean, it's 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 part of a rehab. Um, it's not just all about gym and exercise. It's like keep keeping people positive. Um, and when you've been out as long as Rossi, I mean, you f- you kind of forget it was New Year's Day. He got injured. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. He came over to us after the game. I don't know if you were there, Ronnie. We came up. To, we we stand in front of the marquee, yeah, yeah. and he says, "Ah, t- I'm all right actually. Just feels a slight just twinge. I'll be fine." To be honest, he actually came off in that game. Obviously, people might not know he came off in that game with an ankle injury. Really? That's what he came off with in the Scarborough game on New Year's Day. Wow. The knee injury actually didn't come to an extent until two days later. Goodness me. Um, Someone's got a question. Was the fears of Callum Ross heading down the same route that Luke Davy did in terms of... Because Luke had just come back from injury. Mm. He came back and he literally played on the pitch for, what, seven, eight minutes or something mm. like that, and he went down and threw his shin pads on the ground because he knew it had gone again. Yeah. Was the fears in the camp about the same thing possibly happening to Callum? Definitely completely different injuries. So yeah, completely it. different injuries. Yeah, so like that will not happen with like the likes of Rossi. Um, with Luke Daly, obviously, we all know he had an ACL reconstruction. Um, so with Luke, we had the we had the decision as in like, do you rehab it or does he go for surgery? Um, and that was with the three of us, me, Luke, and the consultant. Um, and because he didn't have any symptoms at all, we went for rehab. So we kind of rehabbed him from the the August when he got injured right the way through until the December and then he was kind of training trained for four weeks on here not any issues whatsoever mm. ten minutes into the game mm. well you've seen it and then yeah and then straight away you go back to consult and it's like right you need the surgery and like I said previously you try and stay away from surgery at all costs um, which is what he's tried to do and I think what you know uh, to be fair play to Luke Daly like uh, Covid kind of killed his rehab mm. Um, he was actually quite lucky to get the um, surgery in the February. Literally three weeks later, we're locked down. So he's actually quite lucky to get that there and then. But then he's missed all the gym rehab. Gyms are closed. I'm doing rehab with him over the video. So like that yeah. killed him kind of really for rehab. Um, why? So it was, it was about a year before he actually came back. Was that <coughs> was that twist that he did? Uh, if he had a stable knee or a strong knee, would it? Still have injured him though. Um, it was a quite quite. A, he, he landed quite awkwardly, didn't he? Yeah, and like when when you when you have an injury like that um, w- with an ACL, like because it wasn't a full a full rupture anyway. Okay. Um, you you, you kind of you get classed as a a or a non-coper. 
and at the time the consul was like you look like a coper okay. like someone who's going to cope with this injury yep. because he didn't have any issues okay. so we rehabbed he trained and played but then once he come out there and that injury you then come into that non-coper because there's people in sport um kind of alpine skiing and stuff like that's a classic example where they rupture an acl they don't even get repaired they okay. just they just continue right it's pointless doing it and some people can actually train and Both play without it yeah um there's loads of research coming out now okay. about um acl reconstruction and, and you can actually um do rehab and not have to go through the the surgery because the, even at the professional level it's nine ten months out of the game yeah but fortunately for us now more or less clean bill of health Andy. Yeah, it is. It, like, I think this this two weeks kind of postponement has actually done me pretty well. We're getting rid of quite a lot of niggles. Um, I think there's only one spell in the season, about September time, where we had about eight, nine injured at once. Um, but well, we only we only had four subs at Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we had we had a we had a few little niggles. We had um, people at that game actually pulling out because of illness. We had a bit of illness in the last two weeks going through the the squad anyway. Um, and I know people were saying, oh, we've only got these subs, but these are last minute things where, you know, people are maybe ringing up on Tuesday and going, I'm absolutely ill, can't make it. Mm. You, you can't draft anyone in, you've just got to go with what you've got sometimes. Um, and that happened in, in some of the cup games where you've got nine subs, but we've only got five, six on the bench. But again, you know, if the academy lads have played, people are pulling out late with illness, there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. Actually, um, with uh, the postponements last weekend, there was even the games that were going to be played on artificial services, they were postponed. Um, obviously, Morpeth, their game was put off against Warrington quite late. Um, I, I saw on social media uh, there was a statement put out by, I don't know who it was, but it was about artificial surfaces and what is safe and unsafe when it comes to artificial surfaces. When you've got frost and ice. Um, I noticed we trained. Um, so, do, is that do you assess that before you train yeah, yeah. on it? Uh, we will have a look at it. I mean, I mean, obviously, you've got to listen to what the players are saying as well. Um, it was a, <laughs> a lot of players <laughs> will say it was a little bit slippy out there, to be fair. Um, but it was certainly wasn't frozen, um, as in like uh, the pitches would be. And I think mm. that's what what we've kind of seen about the, this this game at the weekend, where sometimes you can have snow on top and underneath actually not that bad. Yeah. Because you've got like a cover over the top. Um, which hopefully that's the case for Saturday. But yeah, it was was a little bit slippy. So only trained on that um, on the Saturday, and then um, we've been we've been up at the Beacon of Light the last couple of days training indoors um, on the three G pitch up there. And I think we're we're there again tomorrow um, because the, the some of the non league clubs have been advised to salt artificial pitches. Salt. Yeah, same as you know, just to break the the, the surface up there. Wow. Well, that would really dry it out. No, no, it'll just kill all the frost. Mm -hmm. the kill all the snails. Instead of the plastic being hard, it softens it up so you can play a game on it. Can Fine. you remember when we played Scarborough in the summer? Yeah. And all of those black little yeah. rubber things mm. heated up. It was like a desert. It was. Yeah. Were you playing, Briggsy? Yeah, yeah. I think I was. It was I the heat it was, coming off that surface was yeah, unbearable. Was, I think everyone was pouring water on their feet. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember the guy with the little horse pipe? Yeah. You know, we went to base for, we played a base yeah. for in 20, 2019, and before the game, they had this massive fire fire brigade hose, yeah. and there were jet hose in the pitch. It was brilliant. It played right into our hands. Remember, yeah, yeah. we absolutely bossed the game. Yeah. 
But then at the discovery, you've got this guy with a little hose like foam hose standing there. And the sun, it's 28 degrees. I was talking to Lee Pickney about it. Lee Pickney pissed himself laughing because, you know, um, that was the, one of the most boring games of football I've ever seen because you just couldn't move. Yeah. The ball wouldn't move because it was so yeah. dry because the pellets were so dry. I think it was Bancoldi as well. It was Bankholdi 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 Bankholdi. Yeah. And on the way like back, on, yeah. on the way back, our bus broke. The, the aircon broke down in our bus, and it was lifting, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> lifting. Adam, were you on the? Was it? Were you there? Was it Matthew? Goodness me! The smell on our bus coming home was. <laughs> I don't unreal. know how you dare. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't know how you dare. There's things. Time in, when we left you. No, was that was a different time. Stories to be told. Well, we speak about games, bro. On Saturday, um, uh, Andy, you've had news hot off the press that they are eighty percent certain the game will go ahead. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what I've heard. They're doing a pitch inspection tomorrow on Saturday morning, um, and their secretary's confident it'll go ahead. So obviously, we've got a plan. Um, that we're playing it at the moment, like we do with every game, and just wait to see what happens um, with the pitch inspection. But I think um, they're quite confident that it will go ahead. Take some, take some melting, unless they've unless they've covered it or they've taken the snow off or yeah. or, or whatever. But it's a game that if we can get it in and get something from it, it'll really serve us well going into Christmas, Briggsy, because obviously we've got Whitby on Boxing Day, and if we can get a memorial on the second of January, we can get positive results from those three that might be where we can start to because the games for our third at the moment yeah um so is the confidence high going into these games Briggsy? yeah definitely i think when you have a little bit of a break after us playing tuesday saturday tuesday saturday you get a little bit of a rest and you get the motivation back to say actually we've missed football yeah mm. um and we've definitely got that and you'll back it up on the levels of training this week have probably been the highest um that have been this season um, so we're all hopeful that the game's going to be on, especially considering the next game's probably what a week's time. It's a, it's uh, just over. It's, it's nine yeah. days. Yeah. It's nine. Got a nine day break. Yeah. So, again, there's um, you know what it's like at the end of the season for us. If, if yeah. we miss games out, it's it's constant Tuesday, Saturday, yeah. Tuesday, Saturday, and you and you're not playing on nice pitches. You're playing on horrible pitches, which take an extra twenty thirty percent out of you. So when the yeah. next game comes, it's it, you're a lot more fatigued. So, um, we want as many of these games on as possible. The hopefully they'll put it on because they know that it's a bit of a money spinner if South Shields come on a Saturday last game before Tuesday. Christmas yeah. there's two so or three that's probably why started trying to sort of pitch out is it now and, and, then, and we owe them off, um, off last season as we as we mentioned yeah, before yeah, we, totally. we went live yeah. um, so hopefully you've turned the podcast off that was the game when I, when I forgot to turn the commentary off <laughs> 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 so yeah we owe them <laughs> you score one in the last minute for us <laughs> um but the, the the festive period this year, it's a lot less intense because of the way the days have landed. So we play Boxing Day, which is the Monday, and we don't play again the following Monday. So that's another week. Yeah. So the sharpness should be there, the intensity should be there. Please go to Morpeth and piss on them. <laughs> Please. No, no comment. <laughs> is um, is Mongoy? <coughs> Is Mongoy with us for more time or? Because it was a month's it's loan. It's a month's it? loan. It's been probably a month. Probably not, I'd say. But I hope I, he is. I, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know the ins and outs of what's been agreed or what hasn't been yeah. agreed. I think that's that's probably more to do with management and yeah. recruitment. Is he I enjoying he, himself? 
yeah, yeah. He looks like he loves it. Yeah, he's uh, he's really enjoying himself. He's he's, re- he's a really funny lad, actually. Is he? Um, yeah, we've we've obviously had a few Christmas night outs and things like that, and um, let's just say he's, he's not a big drinker. Um, <laughs> so, so, not like Ronnie. Yeah. So so let's just leave it at that one. But um, no, he he's fitting so well with with everyone um, in the team, and he's one of them one of them characters where you kind of you can't do anything but love him. Yeah. Um, no matter what he does, he's always got a <laughs> smile on his face. Um, so now he's been a great addition. He doesn't let anyone push him about on the pitch either, does he? No, no. He sticks no. up for himself. Haswell's trying to cause trouble over here. <laughs> <laughs> when I look at him, he does look like he's that little bit of extra, a little bit of different that we need. And mm. He looks like he's comfortable here from day one, really. We well, hadn't played, he probably he hadn't played much, had he, for two no. or three years? Mm. Hasn't, really. had many game, hasn't had much game time. Yeah. I saw some footage of when he played at Bogner. He was a handful there, and I'm thinking, yeah. why isn't he being picked? Is I don't think he's um, I don't think he's a player that we've ever had at South Shields. Yeah. Like, the like of him, unpredictable uh, type. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so now he, he has he's been a great addition. He's, he's probably one of the only people that I actually checked out his YouTube footage um, because I'm not a big fan of them because you can look like Messi on them YouTube videos. Yeah. But um, loads of them. This yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, but when when I looked at his, it like it, he looked like something that we hadn't had before, yeah. um, and, it, and it did really excite us. And when you watch him play, he, he hasn't let anybody down with that either. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, a bit of a lot, you know. Again, I'm sure that all, all the lads in the room will agree with me. Uh, you look at some of these players that we've we've brought in. Um, they use the cliche they've had more clubs than Jack Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And in a very short space of time, you know, if you've had 10 clubs over 14 or 15 years, well, fine. You know, there's lots of pros in that category, but there's a lot of these lads, when I look at, you know, the track record, on paper, they look fantastic. And you know what the end result has been with mm-hmm. two or three people who should be named, remain nameless. Yeah, so Jeff, I'll just say, Sean Haswell's just tried to start this conversation. Your start is it. You're going to get us going on some of these old players that we have. Yeah, no, I'd be on for ages, don't do it. how difficult it is because we are kind of like a little lighthouse in the northeast, and most of our rivals are around the northwest where there's a proliferate of uh, clubs and yeah. players moving and whatever. So it is a difficult task. I'm not, I'm not criticizing the recruitment, but. It does. It does puzzle me. I am. When we when we from last year. The guys, <laughs> and I would look long and hard before I get them to sign on the dotted line. You know. There's yeah. been the successes as well. Lots of successes. Yeah, there? absolutely. Yeah. Luke Daly, John Hunter. Jordan. Uh, I mean, he came uh, on loan, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Gilchrist. He was really good. Um, uh, Milo. Yeah, Milo. There's the, I think people tend to think about the, the players that didn't work, but this, on the other side of the coin, you know. There, there has been some great, so great Darius players. There as well, Darius. Mm-hmm. Nathan and all. Yeah, Nathan. He had a good spell. Yeah, really good. Out. And uh, but you know, I think I think what you say before last season was a, a little bit too far. Yeah, we went a little bit too far. But I think the club have, like we said before, Chris on the podcast, the club have learned from that. Yeah. And we've got uh, some unbelievably great characters like Gary Little, who you you trust your mortgage on him in defence. Not as big a character as his dad. Oh, yeah, I've got a picture on there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's class. From Edmonton, where? What was it? What game was Lancaster? it? Lancaster. Lancaster. That was another game that we were outstanding. Brilliant. We were brilliant at Lancaster. Um, I think... I but Lidz's dad, yeah. he's, he's, he's... Have you met him? No. Have no, you met him? No, no, no. He's, he's good, like... He's, um, he's different. 
Yeah. <laughs> did, did he come from there? Did he come over from Blackpool? He, he, he got the train up from Blackpool to Lancaster. Yeah. And he yeah. said, because we were in the final round of the FA Cup <laughs> qualifying, and he turned around and said to me and Ronnie that, uh, tell you what, lads, if we get through the first round and we draw Hartlepool, I'll effing walk from Blackpool all the way to Lancaster. <laughs> and um, he was telling us how uh, Gary's like in the uh, Hall of Fame for Notts County because one season he played every single minute of every single game. Mm-hmm. About like 45, 50 games. Was, so they love him. It was 48 that. games, I think 48 it was. 48 games, played every 48. single minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the recruitment, with, we've talked talk on previous podcasts, but there's a name that crops up regularly at the club this year. And it's been a big, big, he's made big strides. Joe Monks. Do you have anything to do with Joe? Yeah, yeah. Um, Joe's always in the round. Because the, the training the, ground in the the, round. A place. lot of people are speaking very highly of him. Hmm. And if you look at what he's done with recruitment so far, he, he knows his stuff. Yeah. I, I think away from recruitment as well, um, why he's worked so well from is, is he embeds himself within the players. So he doesn't just do the recruitment and stay away from that. Mm. He's always in around the players, having a bit crack, getting involved. Um, so not just is he is he good at his job with the recruitment, he's also um really good part of the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when he comes to the games, he's always involved with the hospitality and yeah. um, and getting more involved with that side of it. So um, he's been a great a, a great bit of recruitment from us as well. Was he behind the Jordy Mongoy move? Because uh, yeah. Because that was totally left field, didn't it? I mean, yeah. you're getting so, someone from from almost the south coast. Yeah, so I I spoke to um, I spoke to Monksy about that, and Monksy's seen him play. I think when he was 14 or 15 for the first time, um, and he always remembered his name from there. So I think he's he's obviously racked his brains and had a look and see where he was, and mm. and I think at that time the opportunity was there for him to come over. So I, I think he's tried to try mm. to pull the plug on that one. So fantastic. Uh, I know Danny he, he he helps with the Q and A's. He Sorts players out. Yeah, and when I spoke to the management team pre-season, they they were just they couldn't speak highly enough of them. Um, so that's that's great to know going forward, as they say. Um, getting towards the end of what I've got written down, um, just obviously we we wish. I'm sure you'll all join me in wishing Connor Newton all the very best. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not going to go into what anything, but we just wish him well in whatever he's facing. Um, and uh, um, so we've we've lost Connor for now. One other outgoing was Will Russ, who we had on loan. Now, it rem- he reminded me a bit like Callum Stead last year. Remember when we had Callum Stead running? Aye, it was. He, he did a little bit more, didn't he? He scored a few goals. Did he? Oh, he yeah, scored. Yeah. Uh, what was. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to ask you to criticise anybody, you know, because obviously he's part <laughs> of the That's all we do. <laughs> that's our job. But, uh, that's our job, that. But um, as a character, to me, it looked, as a layman, just didn't look as though he was ready for this league. If, 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 yet, yet he got goals at FC United, but to me, just didn't seem ready for the league and ready for the crack. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. Um, coming up here isn't isn't easy for everybody. Um, like moving up here, spending time away from your family, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately for for him, it just didn't click yep. uh, for whatever reason that was. Um, going forward, he, he might turn out to be an incredible player. Look at 
you mentioned there, Callum Stairs. He, he yeah, play, he's scoring goals. He, he's playing yeah. in. I tell you what, he's doing all right. Um, Connor T, he's doing all right. Was doing all right yeah. rushing in diamonds. Mm -hmm. um, so it just shows you that, like you mentioned there about recruitment. Um, there's a lot of times that a lot of people come up here and it doesn't work out. Um, it's, it, it's a lot of things involved. It isn't just down to how good you are at football. It's how well you can embed yourself up here. Um, how well you can embed yourself within the team. I think that's where you can utilise loans as well because you get a you get the yeah. feeling in them first few weeks if it's going to work or not straight yeah. away. Yeah. One that I agree with Chris. So I, I, my idea of that that young lad that you were talking about was that he was brought in as a plan B because at the time he was struggling to score goals, mm. and maybe the management thought they needed a big guy up front. But I agree with Chris. I don't think he was physically or mentally ready for that. Mm. He's a biggish lad, but well, he's got, he's not mature. Take the hammer in, you know, which yeah. you have to in that position to try to play that kind of a game. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe maybe you saw you saw a different role for him, but I thought that's what they brought him in for. I think it's difficult. These are young lads at the end of the day, leaving their families and coming all the way up here, you know. And it's you've got a, different. You've got different characters, and sometimes it just might not work for them. And well, then Ali's another it one. Doesn't doesn't mean that they're. They're mentally weak. It just means that they're just, you know, it's just not doesn't click, does it? click for them. Yeah. It's, it's, like, a, it's a massive part. Sometimes of it clicks, sometimes it doesn't. It's a massive part of football. It's like I said, with the rehab kind side of things, like the psychological side of football is massive. It's you know you 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 can put twenty twenty five percent of it on scale and train and everything. The other side mm. of it's all in your head. Mm. Yeah. It's absolutely massive. Um, yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all you know. If you're confident when you're going on the pitch and everything, if you've got good mates around you, the dressing room's good. It, all of that plays a huge part in how how that goes onto the pitch. Yeah. And Do you think the locality of the signings have been the key to the success this season, though? So you talk about Gary Little. Fairly locally, he's been playing at Hartlepool for a little while. Michael Woods lives within five minutes of the ground. You've got Smith, again, Hartlepool. Yeah. Mackenzie Heaney, who this season's probably been an unsung hero. Yeah. He hasn't hit the back of the net, but he has been absolutely outstanding. Mm -hmm. And anyone that plays around them has been shining. He's a Geordie. So a lot of the players that have been coming in are Northeast players, yeah. relatively. I know Little's not, but he's been yeah. up here mm -hmm. and he's embedded in the Northeast to start off with. But Tom Broadbent lives in Cramlin. Well, his partner's from up here, isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. And then you think of the season, and it's difficult to recruit local players because, you know, it's been mentioned, you know, down the northwest they've got all these teams. But you think of previous years where we had the likes of, of Twinney and Bata and all the local lads, Mesa, we had all these. Finas, um, you know, Foley, all local. Um, and, and sometimes it works because people are happy, like I said, they're at home. That psychological yep. side of things is massive. So, 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 so Ansel, I was going to mention there, it, it's just emphasise how much more difficult it is for us to not just recruit players, but also get them to settle here, given yeah. our given our geography. Yeah. Compared, like, say, if you like, say if you if you're in Ashton, you say, I'm not I'm not happy. I can go to Atherton, I can go to High, yeah. I can go to Stanbridge, I can go mm. to Macclesfield, I can go to Bamber Bridge. You've got so much choice at that same level, whereas up here, you, um, you are like say out in the wilderness yeah that's it I think down there that they've got their life settled outside of football so the yeah. only thing that's changing is football up here everything's changing where you're living who you're living with yeah the weather you know what I mean the, the, <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. a lot there's a Stories, lot that's Stories changing that. yeah I think um, but, but you have got you have got a really good point there around like the, the local um, the local lads because I think the biggest one for me is if you look at Gateshead last year 
and you look yeah. at their squad and you look at how many players they had they had some good players in that team but they never had one two three standout players where it was like they were from elsewhere every single player that they had was from in and around here Gentleman's so the box, team cohesion that they had they absolutely ran away with that league right they absolutely ran away with it it helps that they had the goal scorers that scored a lot of goals but obviously I know their assistant manager and that's what they wanted to build um, and and that does take you that does take you places yeah, I think we said at the start of the season on the podcast we were really impressed with the interviews that these new players were yes. given because that, you could tell they actually knew about South Shields and the that heard of them and they knew the, what it was all about because they were close to the region. Whereas <coughs> the season before, you could tell it was just kind of... Uh, it was off a it was the same. Off a script and you couldn't really feel that that feeling. Um, but this year, when you when you hear Woods and Little talk, you can tell that in Smith. You can tell that they know who we are. You can tell that they're actually happy to be And they're well-schooled as well, aren't they? Yeah. And then the, thing, the other thing we noticed when we were at Ashton is is how vocal the team is now when there's a, a mistake or something like that calling each other out what was it who was it that did it I it think was, it was it was Smudge Smith, Smith laid into Jordan, Jordan. laid into Jordan, Jordan must have made the wrong run or something and we didn't notice anything yeah. wrong did we yeah. we didn't believe he'd done anything wrong but Smudge yeah. just went and Jordan just went okay yeah he's good at that Smudge he's calling each other an angry man on this pitch yeah. Smudge he's, he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet off the pitch he'll Literally, not say a boot or a goose, yeah. and then when he's on the pitch, he's just like a totally different person. Well, like, he's like Gary Brown. Yeah, yeah, Gary Brown was exactly the same thing. As soon as you right. walk over them white lines, it's it's a different sort of animal. But yeah, yeah, you're right. At the end of the day, because you you you're bringing them levels up. Yeah. If the levels drop, and then everyone around you is saying, right, that's not acceptable. Yep. Mm. that's not acceptable on this pitch. It's not acceptable for South Shields. Raise your game. Yep. and and everybody's doing that. So there's no hiding. There's no there's none of it. Tom Broadbent spoke in the Q&A next door before Ashton and he is convinced that with the level that we've got in our squad, the levels of ability, talent, character, experience, that we'll be okay. We will be okay this yeah, season. Yeah, because he's played in some Tom good levels. Tom yeah. is convinced with the levels that we've got. This, this, he believes that this squad will compete at National League level. Um, big, big statement, but... I'm convinced that we will flourish at the level above. I'm convinced as you get better pitches, as you get, yeah. just uh, we just need to be out of this bloody league. Look at Scarborough. Yeah. 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 Look at Buxton. Exactly. Look at Buxton on the other. So Scarborough are flying, mm. and Buxton are. Mind you, I think Ronnie, you'll back me up on this. They weren't that good when we played them there, were they? When we went to Buxton. No, no. no. When it was windy. When it was windy. They were rubbish. We, we should have won that game. And we bossed Scarborough at pre-season yeah. as well. Didn't cross the, line. the goal didn't cross the line. That did not. It totally didn't. Didn't cross the line. As long as I lived. We were miles better than them. And then we um, we played Scarborough pre-season and we gave them a lesson. I thought, I thought we were all over them. Um, so I agree with you. Because I think it'll give everyone a lift in confidence and we'll, we'll be renewed and I think we'll do well in the next league. And I... And I Fully expect we'll win the league this year as well. I do. Um, we'll wrap it up there, everybody. Um, just before we do that, before we go into the break, Ronnie's gonna. Ronnie's got a lovely video, which obviously people who are listening to this won't be able to see. Which we'll we'll do it after we finish. But uh, before, just before we close it, anybody got anything that is in their minds that they want to get across before we close the recording down? Um, Darren, 
please get out of this league. <laughs> <laughs> Briggsy, will you sort it out, man? Yeah, do what I can. Um, you can still see you're the boss on the pitch, though. Why don't you get this sort? Yeah. I think there's Angela. Mention the C word. Not the C word. C bomb. I've heard that. C bomb. And that bombshell. Thank you. Chris, this season, one player has really stood out that wasn't playing for us last season. He's standing out quite a lot lately. He's got a couple of goals as well, Jao Gomez. Now, we know Hodgie can score goals. Last season, he came in, put his name right up there. Jao's starting to do the same thing. Is it possible that there's more to come through? Have you seen anyone come into the training? or? Oh, as in, is there going to be more is names more coming through? Come through? Yeah, so, so the... Um, obviously in pre-season there was a, a lot of the young lads who played um, I don't know if you made it down to the Youth Cup games um, but there was a lot of young lads who, who were really shining there I think you look at Alfie um, yeah. who's played away at Warrington um, probably the most physical game that we're ever going to play in this league against Warrington and he handled himself so well um, I think what age is he now? 16, 17, yeah. 18 max? I think he's 17 he's, he's a big unit for yeah, 17 yeah and he's, he's a big lad um, Maka also um, he comes in trains with us a lot so the, there's a lot of talented players there, um, but I just think it's a, the opportunity of, of when can they come in. Um, if, if the timing's got to be right, is there an injury? Are they going to come in and do well straight away? So, But the, the, the opportunities are there, and there is talent coming through. You just can't tie these guys down yet because of the age. They're only 17, so there's nothing you can do like contract-wise or anything with them. So. But yeah. Alfie's got Alfie's got a few people watching him. I think he's that, he's that good. He's been really good in preseason as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he impressed me. Yeah, yeah. He impressed me in well. the yes. um, in the game against Washington in the Durham Challenge Cup. Yeah. Um, no nonsense. Yeah. No nonsense. Um, well, we'll we'll call it a wrap. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for for listening. Uh, thank you, everybody, for turning out tonight on a, again a really difficult night with the weather outside. Um, huge thanks. To Andy, to Briggsy, thank you very much, boys. Yeah. Ronnie, um, huge thanks as always to to, to Ronnie. No worries. Um, hopefully, we'll be down again for on Saturday. Yep. But um, for everybody out there, wherever you are, um, on behalf of the podcast team and everybody linked to it, the club, um, we wish you all a very merry Christmas. If you don't see you until Boxing Day, hope Santa's good. Um, and just look after each other with that bad weather out there and hopefully we'll see a bit of a thaw and we'll get a bit of football on the field. So from Ronnie and myself, Andy, Briggsy, thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for listening and we shall see you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon before you can see it. Robert Briggs. <laughs>